0: First and Pod, hosted by Danny Parkin and Andrew Filipone. Packers commanders here. Do you look at the Packers and Aaron Rodgers as being in trouble this game or big picture?
1: Yes and yes. I mean, the stuff that came out this week between, sometimes I would write this off to just a failure to communicate between the head coach and the quarterback. But we know Aaron Rodgers is too smart for that. He's too sensitive. He's too perceptive of everything that's going on. You know, this whole thing about simplifying the offense and then, you know, Lafleur basically is like, I don't even know what that means. Uh, That's, something's going on there. Something's going on. They're not, I almost feel like those two in, in particular, yes, they know what they signed up for because they were not completely in the dark when it came to the Devontae Adams trade. But I just feel like they're using that as a crutch for their season kind of coming off the rails. Yeah,
0: I think that, you know, the Adams story is one where you wonder if time travel existed, if they would do it all, if they everyone would do it a little differently. And the Packers say they made a competitive offer to him, and Devontae said they made a competitive but offer. But I think
1: there's hubris on both Rodgers and LaFleur's part where they're like, We're both so good at our jobs. Yeah, this guy's really good, but we'll be fine without him. And now I think they're figuring out it ain't that easy.
0: No, I mean, clearly it's, it's clearly not. And that would be completely ridiculous to have felt that way, given that he's a top five receiver in the game. And when him and Rodgers were together, he was arguably one of one. But uh, I do, I do think that they're in some trouble. I do. Taylor Heineke always impresses me. Like, He's one of those guys where he comes He's a poor man's, to, man's Fitzpatrick. He can light it up. Exactly. Well, he's just... Dude's not afraid. No. Nope. Like, that guy goes in there and slings it, and he's kind of fun to watch, and there will be no fear there. So he might throw three touchdowns, or he might throw three picks. But but he's going down taking his shots. So I could see him injecting some life uh, into that team, and we've talked about liking their weapons this year. So I definitely... Listen, if you lose to the Giants and the Jets... Uh, you obviously are vulnerable and I know those teams have winning records, but you're obviously vulnerable uh, when you're supposed to be one of the favorites in the NFC. But I, I won't, I admit to being someone who will be very late. I will not be the first one to write off the Packers for the season because I've seen him do the relaxed thing. I've seen him start slow and I can't be the guy who says uh, the NFC is so terrible and they've got all of these young weapons And not say that as long as they like if they get in at 10 and 7 or whatever it would be and just make the playoffs. And then you have Aaron Rodgers be like, well, that guy can't go on a run. Assuming those players get better over 17 weeks if they're healthy. So I'm not at all writing the Packers off, but they're clearly flirting with disaster
1: right now. Jets and Broncos. Do you take the Jets seriously? Are they for real in Danny Parkins world? Yes or no? As a wild card team. No, like a good team. Like, is this a good team right here? Good team. Uh, yeah. Okay. Yeah.
0: They are a, they are like the, what I would say is at the beginning of the year when I break the NFL schedule before everybody else and no one nationally credits me in any way. Um, I do,
1: but I guess I don't count as
0: national. No, you're one of my best friends and you work locally. So, no, you don't. Um, But when that happens every year and people all around the country go through their schedule and then we do the, like, performative, well, we're going to do the win-loss and we're going to talk about the difficulty of the schedule, but we know that we never can really predict whose schedule is tough and whose schedule is easy and that whole thing. Like, I actually love doing that. I I do, too. I do too. It's why I love breaking the news of the NFL schedule. It's the greatest. Uh, but the Jets are like the perfect example. Everybody would have said if the Jets were on your schedule. At home. W. Easy game. That's, that's you know, and now it's anything but a certainty. And every year there's a bunch of teams like that. The Giants are a team like that. The Jets are a team like that. You know, the in the other direction – depending on what you think about uh, like Vegas, right. Or Denver to do this matchup, like everyone, Denver, scary team, AFC contender. We weren't really as hot on that, but like we didn't think that they were going to flirt with being a five win team or whatever, six win team. So it's just like, it's really, really tough to predict. And yeah, the jets are a competitive team that are not going to be fun for most teams to play with a high ceiling as Wilson continues to develop.
1: Yeah, I, Wilson. I still you know he had that big fourth quarter against the team against the Steelers, but I don't think I've really been impressed by him at all outside of that during this run. It's it's more largely been about the young guys that have come on for them, like Brees Hall at running back, Sauce Gardner at corner, Quinn Williams. Awesome. Quinn and Williams look like Aaron Donald against Green Bay. Like it's been more crediting those individuals, and I still think the quarter. I still think the quarterback can be a landmine for them. You know, I think he's got a great throwing arm talent, but the decision-making is questionable. And the reason why I'm, I'm hesitant to say they are for real is because look at what the Denver defense did to Herbert uh, on Monday night. I could easily see Denver, you know, we come on the air after to do a Sunday night podcast, and even though Russell Wilson might have been so-so, it's like a 24-3 to game. Because the Broncos forced like four turnovers, so the,
0: the Denver defense has allowed six touchdowns this year. That is an unbelievable, and such an indictment on Russell, isn't it? Oh my <laughs> god, dude! When I saw that, I was I, like, like I would not trade my job for any local radio job. That you know what I mean? But like, I want to do like one show in Denver. I I I just think that that would be such a Fascinating NFL ecosystem. It's a great fan base, great weed town. You'd flourish there. Oh, I would kill it in Denver. Uh, (laughs) Yeah, I would absolutely kill it. But like, you know what I mean? Like, it's like the Nuggets don't have great fans. The Rockies don't have great fans. Who cares about hockey? I know you do a little bit, but like Broncos fans are legit. Like, it's a three sixty five Broncos town. You get a coach. You give a quarterback a quarter of a billion. You're in this crazy division. And like he's talking about Wolverine blood and like like surgeries and excuses and just oh my god, there's so much drama there. And this defense is unbelievable. It's like the defense that won Peyton the Super Bowl, yeah. and it's just being completely squandered. So yeah, that is a that is a hell of a spot. Same question for
1: you, uh that you had for me on the Jets. It's Giants Jaguars, are the Giants real? The, the people that do the power rankings in Vegas and the odds makers answer that no. And I like them a lot because I'm probably, for my career, very much a losing better. So <laughs> they get things right a lot more than I do. Yeah. So when I see Jags favored again this week against the Giants, when I see the look-ahead line for Week 8, Seattle is favored against the Giants, when I see, like, in every game, they're an underdog. They beat the Packers. Eh, you're a big underdog against the Ravens. Like, it's, it's a cute story, and there's, you know, there's something to be said about a team's tenacity and how pugnacious they are to win these games in the fourth quarter, and they get down big and they never give up. Like, yeah, that'd make a great movie, but... I also think that that shoe is ready to drop at any given moment. And I I think they'll probably lose on Sunday to Jacksonville.
0: Yeah, I think that they're very clearly a paper tiger. Um, Like, what you want to believe if you're a Giants fan is that somehow, some way, this is a reflection of the coach and that it is a sustainable thing. Because the best thing that a coach can be is a And not
1: like a Dick Jerron, Jim Miller Scenario that your fans lived through in in Chicago that one year, right? It was a total fluke, right?
0: You want to you want to believe the best thing that a coach can be is, you know, like an X's and O's wizard, but right there is maximizer of talent. You give me bad talent, I make it mediocre. You give me mediocre, I make it good. You give me good, yeah. uh, good I make it great. Like that—that's the best thing a coach can be because it, it it develops players. You don't need a superstar quarterback. You don't have to hit the lottery. All that stuff. So that's what you're hoping if you're a Giants fan. But like, you got to know that even within their own division, they're they're the third best team. Much less within a flawed NFC. So it would almost be easier if they lost a couple of these coin flip games just so that there weren't any temptations to make irrational decisions or emotional decisions off of outlier results like you go 12 and 5 or 11 and 6 and you start talking about committing to Danny Dimes or to Saquon or yeah. you know what i mean like you you don't you don't want one of those horseshoe type seasons
1: yeah how about the Browns and Ravens? Is this a get-right game for Lamar Jackson? Is Mark Andrews going to play? Like uh, it's it, this is going to be listened to mostly on Friday morning, and I don't think we have that information yet, unless you have really good sources. Well, no, I guess my point, point is schedule maker sources that give I you injury. Okay, I,
0: I don't. I, I I guess my I I knew the answer. It was more of a sarcastic retort. Um, I. Obviously, the Browns' defense has been terrible. They have names, they have high-priced talent, but they are not productive against the pass or the run. So Lamar might be able to just do this by himself. But and he's used to that, given the supporting cast that he's had throughout his career there. Uh, and Dobbins hasn't been anything good, but he's another guy who's going to be injured. Like it might be Kenyon Drake yeah. again, um, or is it, right? Justice Hill is the guy they think is next up there I think but like you it's like for Dak against Detroit it's the right opponent to try to get right and to bounce back yeah
1: but can Superman do it alone I think that Jackson is honestly the most complicated conversation piece or topic in the entire league because I feel like there's been so much criticism of him when he's played well that when he doesn't play well, there's like a reluctance to go in on him. So it's a very weird spot where I think he people try to come up with caveats or come up with you know you know yeah, unique talent. He, you know, he's. he's, he's I mean, he's a he really. Talent. I he did not get crushed the way that he should have been killed for that interception in the Giants game.
0: It was a terrible throw.
1: I mean, it and it we changed. We talked about it, it. They, I know we did, but they lost the game because of that.
0: Yeah, it was a, it was a terrible, terrible decision, start to finish. Even the and, intended target, right? It wasn't like you threw it to Andrews. And, yeah, and, 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 I, and
1: I don't and I don't like look, Listen, you know, I, I try to do my best to canvas all the pl- all the places and all the people whose opinions I value, and are the tastemakers for the NFL, and you know are the best most authoritative people and I I don't know I just felt like it's just so weird with him where there there's such a flood of people that want to always knock this guy down that I just feel like they didn't want to beat a dead horse after they lost that game on Sunday so
0: I think I think that that's a a fair observation and I think it's a you know the sports take industrial complex works in mysterious ways and guys get in it and there are narratives and there are lines in the sand and it happens. But I, I I look at Lamar as a great talent, a singular talent, obviously not as refined and consistent of a passer as the, the guys who you think of MVP quarterback in their prime, But, like, if it's Allen, if it's Bill's Ravens, or if it's Chiefs Ravens, right? The two guys that you would hold up as gold standard of his peers, his contemporaries, you absolutely know that those guys can lose to Lamar Jackson, right? Like, his best is absolutely as good as those guys' best. And so, like, I always have viewed him in that lens and, like, look way more for me personally, the, the positives more than the negatives. But, his as high of a ceiling as anybody, but a lower floor than the other greats. Much more boomer bust, but I still also say has the least amount to work with. Where's his Stephon Diggs? Yep. Where's his Travis Kelsey? Where? His, where's his Tyreek Hill? Um. Next game. Lost my spot. Oh, here it is. But Bucks Panthers. Brady says he's a re- no retirement in his future, but this. Yeah. is in- – this is the so which so which is just like very clearly i have a great divorce lawyer and i'm not worried about any of that nonsense anymore um I think he he reminds everybody that he still is a 44 year old in his prime
1: no i, I like i i'm I, this, this is one of those situations with him right now where i think i want to kind of just I want to, if this were a craps table or if this were a blackjack table, I'd want to just put the marker down and sit out a hand. You know, I'd want some, or poker. I'd want something to just hold my spot for a, for a couple of hands. You know, and go have a cigarette or a drink or something. Like, I, I just, I do not, even though this is the biggest mismatch in the NFL this week and the Panthers are throwing in the towel, they've got guys quitting mid-game and getting traded And they just traded their best player and they fired their coach and they have a minor league quarterback starting PJ Walker, baby. Yeah. I just don't, I got a seat to believe it with Brady at this point in 2022, which is a weird commentary that I I'm here on October 22nd, but I am with any other
0: team. I'm with you. Literally any
1: other team Texans, Bears, so you'll lay the points. The line will probably go up to about thirteen by the time the McCaffrey stuff settles. Um, I, I wouldn't bet Carolina.
0: It's lay, it's lay it or don't play it. It, dude, Carolina is not a representative NFL team right now. There's, you know, which every, I think at
1: this point, this is what they want to be a. Right, they're this, is, right. The this is this is by
0: design. Yeah, absolutely. Um, they're what we thought Houston or Atlanta or whatever and, and then they were in the conversation for it. But yeah, they they are awful. And so literally, I mean, the Lions, the Brand, literally any other team, I would be in the exact spot that you are. But I think I think Carolina is is the exception, and I think that I think Brady goes for 300 uh, in in this game.